Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. What I love about Shopify is basically how no matter how big you want to grow, Shopify gives you everything you need to take control and take your business to the next level. I know we use Shopify here at Betches. And honestly, anyone with any kind of business could really benefit from Shopify. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout, 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklyn, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash betches, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash betches now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash betches. Hello and welcome to the Bachelor Podcast. I am Jared Freed, and today I am back with a special bonus episode for you all. I am joined by licensed marriage and family therapists, co-owners of the therapy group, massive Bachelor fans, and co-hosts of the Shrink Chicks Podcast, Jennifer Chaikin and Emily Beerley. Thank you guys for coming on. It's so good to Thank see you. Thank you for We're having thrilled us. to be here because we can't freaking wait to talk about this week's episode. <laughs> Such a good one for therapists. I mean, my God, it's, uh, you know, I guess the first question. So this week on The Bachelor, they had on this therapist that like, I mean, she's on, she's got the tattoos. They bring on the therapist and he's going to go on couples therapy with each of the women and which is insane. I mean, which is, I hate to use a clinical word for it, but it's, it's insane. insane. It is. It is. Okay, <laughs> thank you. I, I'll let I'll let the, the good doctors yes. use that word. Yeah. But I, I would say, so the whole idea being that they were going to get to know each other in a psychological way, is that what you got? How did you guys see it? Well, okay, so they're obviously always trying to be on theme, and they're in Austria, so they're like, ah, Freud. Freud is from right. Austria. So she, <laughs> <laughs> so she's a psychoanalysis, like, tr- like right? So they, they follow, like, Freud's whole thing, which is not actually couples, ther- couples right. therapy. Like, Freud doesn't do couples therapy. It's individual. So what? Is, that, 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 let me ask you something, because something that was very noticeable is that they're calling this woman a psychotherapist. What yeah. is the difference between a therapist and a psychotherapist? Okay, well, you know what's interesting? And then I think, I don't know, I think it was Rachel was like, oh, she's a psychologist. She's not a psychologist. So they're calling her a psychoanalyst and then a psychotherapist. They kept interchanging. But what that tells us, now, obviously, we're in the United States. We're not in Austria. I don't know what their qualifications are. But in the United States, when somebody's going by psychoanalysis or a psychotherapist, a lot of times that means that they're not actually licensed or credentialed. It means they took the training but didn't apply for the board certification and take the fancy exams. So, so there's a there's there we're we're assuming that maybe so there is a chance but we're not accusing that yep, this was we don't know an actress of some sort who had taken the you know a couple of classes I mean that could be the what happened 
Yeah, I mean, it's The Bachelor, right? And if that's (laughs) the case, she played the part decently well. Okay. The (laughs) toughest, I think the toughest part, probably for us, we watched it separately, mind you. So Mm -hmm. this is the first Mm -hmm. time we're talking about it together. Um, You know, we're very biased because we're both licensed marriage and family therapists. And you learn a very specific way of doing couples therapy. Mm. Um, that that when you're uh, practicing individual therapy and you don't have the systemic background, to be able to bring that into um, couples therapy, if you're if you're typically doing just individuals and you're practicing individual therapy in the context of couples therapy, it does not work in the same way. And mind you, on top of that, the fact that he's going to couples therapy with like a million different women really doesn't create these boundaries around couples therapy where you can talk about trust or build on their attachment or so there's a bunch of things going on there and all therapists have a few things they have a lot of cardigans a lot of issues and a lot of opinions on freud that's all therapists across the board (laughs) so so those are three things she had going for her so that those were she was in a big cardigan sweater she you know she had that going she it was uh, Freud was the statue of Freud was on the, you know, on the, le- you know, on the, on the windowsill. She had that. And well, we don't know if she has issues or not, but I, what did you, so a couple questions about this, but specifically to the bachelor episode, she got done with the therapy with all of them or the quote unquote therapy. And she says to him at the end, everyone seemed nice. One of these people was being performative. Goodbye. What, in, in what world is that something where she's not allowed to give her opinion? Why would she do such a thing? No, no, no. I, I don't. We have, we have no idea. It was, I, I okay. guess, for ratings because it was amazing. But like, it was so good. And there's no way someone didn't tell her to say that. Obviously, right? Like part of this is like they're hired to come in, you know. And let me be very clear. I'd probably give up my license for one second to do this because they did mm. it. Was it last season or season before where Caitlin did like group therapy? That was this season. That was this season that Caitlin did like group therapy. And you're like, oh, mm-hmm. this is... Also quite bad. So, um, you know, she tried. But there's this part here. Oh, yeah, she's the one that ran it, too. Yeah, she right. ran the group therapy, right? Yeah, That's yeah, what yeah, it was. Yeah. yeah, she did that. Remember that? So, Caitlin like, Bristow brought yeah. everyone in to talk about their <laughs> trauma. And she said, stand up if you have been a bad person in your life. And then she was the only one that stayed seated. Yeah, right. so real safe space. Getting judged by Caitlin Bristow, who just going to, yeah, oh, bad people stood up. Oh, good for you guys. Have fun. So, so no, it's hilarious that she did that. And it's also, like, very interesting, right? Because, like, so, like, with all therapists, it's, like, one person's your client. If you're doing couples therapy, the relationship is your client's. But the thing Mm. is, there's no client here besides ABC. And so what she did was she was true to her client and every good clinician knows. And she stood Mm. by her client, which was ABC. So she she did a great job. She did great. Well, even more so, Clayton didn't, I don't know if you you guys probably saw things that I didn't, but didn't seem like Clayton was there unpacking anything. Yes. And that that's the thing that I really struggled with, right? Cuz if if amongst other things, but you know, as a couples therapist, it's actually so important because your the relationship is your client. It's so mm. important to find that balance, right? To be able to have both uh, individuals in the relationship be able to talk about their own shit. And so I don't know if maybe they just weren't showing him opening up on his his end, but it seemed very lopsided. 
Well, it was Gabby. They So the only thing they said that we got to see, we don't know if it's edited right, is that with Gabby, she turned to him at one point and said, oh, she has all these issues with her mom. She's going to need someone who makes her feel really safe. Are you capable of doing that? Right. So the only interaction we saw where she put it back was that one interaction with Gabby. But I mean, my favorite was Genevieve, who just the idea of walking into a therapy room, shit her pants. Yes. But I, you know, I agreed with Genevieve. If someone was <laughs> like, hey, I know we've hung out in group settings. But, and I, and I understand we've never done a date yet, but let's just go do some couples therapy before we, I'd be like, no, <laughs> goodbye. Also, I, she had every, I think she had every reason to not feel like she could be vulnerable right? in that instance, right? She wasn't getting a one-on-one. She was only on that two-on-one. Um, and so she was already feeling so insecure in the relationship. So I think that it made a lot of sense that not only did she have a difficult time being vulnerable in front of Clayton, not feeling like there was much of a connection there, especially if she was like, well, I'm probably going to go home. Why should I open up anyway? And yeah. also being vulnerable in front of the cameras and everyone else who's watching. Well, I would assume that a huge part of this, and you guys just said, is like you want you when you say that the relationship is your is your client. Mm -hmm. That's about not ganging up or thinking that you're on someone's side. Like mm -hmm. Genevieve, to me, if I was in her position, I'd be like, oh, I'm here being tested to see if I'm mentally stable enough to go to the next level. That would be how I would feel. Right, it's yeah. like a lot of pressure on someone to be vulnerable and open up. And if they don't, then it's like, oh, well, you're gonna get rejected. So if there's this fear of, if I don't open up and be vulnerable, I'm going to be rejected, then it makes it even more difficult to open up and be vulnerable. Which is interesting, right? Because so so you saw it's interesting idea of like, what is like a healthy emotional boundary? Because Genevieve's like, yeah, I'm not going to do this. I can't open up, whatever. And she was kind of villainized. Sarah's like, oh, I love therapy. I love talking about myself. The, yeah. I can't wait. And she goes in and she starts by thanking the therapist for being there, which to us is always a red flag. The second somebody comes in my office and they're very obsessed with me getting me to like them i'm like oh you only want me to see a very specific part of you so that was something that i wanted to talk about is sarah's excitement was a, for for therapy was like <laughs> it, it triggered me because you've met i think all of us have met that person before that is like it's almost like they mention therapy about how much they love therapy and it's a judgment in a statement because it's like, I love this thing. That's It's like saying I love going to the gym, mm -hmm. but it has even higher stakes. Right. Like mm -hmm. I, if someone sat there and was like, I love going to the gym. I love running. Oh, that's all I do is run. And I love eating healthy. And I love everything that has to do with health. And, you know, the, the greatest thing is that I feel good after I'm done. And, you know, mo you know, everyone should be going to the gym every day and eating like I do. You know, it, 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 it's hard to not take it. The other way of like, oh, I guess I'm some pig who doesn't do those things. The same goes for therapy. We've all met these people that are like, I, when you have someone that comes in and is that way, how do you speak to them? Like, or do you let them know that this sounds the way it sounds? I, how would you deal with someone like Sarah? Well, we like to do something called joining through truth, <laughs> which means, right, our response can be something along the lines of, wow, I'm so happy that you're excited to be here today. Mm. I'm wondering, are there any parts of you you're not letting out because it seems like you really want me to like you? And what are you worried that I'll you think really if I don't? You really want me to like you? You would say that? Yeah. So, I mean, I would assume <laughs> in a couples therapy thing, that is like a tactic. If you're there and one party's there because they were forced to be there and the other party's like, 
Thank God you're here. Right, girls? Like, you know, like doing, I, I would assume yeah. that happens. Right, yes. because they're trying to align with the therapist, right? If there's something going on in the relationship mm. and they try to get the therapist on their side. And honestly, as couples therapists, you very easily see that. Like there's there's no missing that when you work with couples. Mm. Um, but, you know, even as therapists ourselves, we are very open and honest about the fact that going to therapy is really hard and it's mm-hmm. not easy. Just like you're saying, going to the gym or eating, right? It's it's challenging. Sure. Um, and if you're doing the work, it should be challenging. It should be uncomfortable. And you shouldn't love it that much. You should feel right. like, oh God, I got to do this again. But I know but- that I should, or I know that this is helpful for me, right? You're like holding, holding yourself what accountable. What would be the analysis of why someone would be, set? is it just to align with you guys? It's just to win you over or is it, is there anything else going on when someone's like, I love therapy? Like, is is there something else there? Moral elitism. I mean, I think part of it is it makes me feel better to show off how healthy I am. The same thing. Mm. If I Like, exactly what you're saying. The same thing I love is working out. So one, I think it's a align. Two, it's moral elitism. And then three... I think it's convincing myself I'm okay and that no one can see inside me, right? If I keep like saying everyone how happy I am to be here, how excited I am to be here, and then you keep overdoing it, it's also the most obvious thing in the world. But I think also some people who do that, it's because they go to therapy and they just use therapy as an emotional dumping ground without actually doing the work. And they probably have a therapist that's not challenging them either. Sorry if Sarah's therapist yeah. is listening. <laughs> and and I think I think just as just as Emily said, it's very protective in a way, right? Like this is supposed to be a very vulnerable experience. Not mm-hmm. only is it supposed to be vulnerable with the therapist, but vulnerable in front of so many people, in front of cameras. And so it might speak to the way in which she protects herself in very vulnerable situations is that she says, oh, this is so wonderful. I'm doing so great. And you kind of see that a little bit in the way that she talks about her relationship with Clayton, especially after they had that rupture, um, Mm -hmm. that she came home and said, oh, you know, it was so wonderful. It brought us together. And it might speak to the fact, I know that we, you know, are quick to villainize her or say, but it might speak to how she protects herself in very vulnerable situations. And she's 23. And she's yeah, I well, that was the thing. Like, I didn't think she was a bad. I didn't think she was a villain as much as she was unaware of kind of the way she was coming off. Yeah. And, and you heard that from a lot of the other contestants. But even when she's speaking of the relationship and just like you said, you know, at 23, you want to let people know, you know, everything in the face of probably not knowing much. I mean, I know myself at that age. I wasn't like. You know, I would say, yeah, go to work every day and I put on a suit, but it's like all like a a block for like, I'm just going on this track because it's the right track that everyone says to do. Much like saying I love therapy because everyone, there's a cause and effect in that too, because, you know, now in dating, especially you hear, you know, the meme of like, you know, don't come to me unless you've been to therapy. Like you hear that a lot. So then there's men out there and I'll put it on men too, where they go, they'll joke about it, but also they're cueing you into like, I'm in the therapy group. I know what's right. You Uh know, I I think that's part of it too, where, you know, it's like the, you know, the wolf in sheep's clothing a little bit. Mm -hmm. Well, I think one of the things is that like, okay, we saw some great buzzwords this season, vulnerability, journey, Mm. therapy, right? And like therapy, the idea of therapy is so big right now. People love talking about their therapist. How many like posts have you seen that's like, 
comment with the best advice you've ever gotten from your therapist, right? Like, so it's like almost really cool to be in therapy right now, but for a long yeah. time, it was like a punishment and it was hidden. <clears throat> and I think sometimes we go to the other end of the spectrum, but it is this thing, like we use it as virtue signaling in some ways mm -hmm. of like, hey, look at me, I'm not as fucked up. I went to therapy, <laughs> but like, we're all just trying, man. Yeah, we're all just trying to figure <laughs> out, you know, our, our, our own special snowflake. <laughs> Have you ever felt that fast fashion ick, but you can't always afford the super high-end stuff? I have a solution for you, Newly. Newly has everything you need to bring your closet up to speed for the season without breaking the bank. So free your closet of impulse purchases and skip the buyer's remorse by renting instead. Newly is a subscription clothing rental service, and for just $98 a month, you can get your choice of any six styles each month. You choose whatever you want to rent for whatever you have going on. It's totally up to you access to thousands of styles from more than 400 brands. There are no fees, late fees, damage fees, or fees to pause or cancel. They have inclusive sizing up to 5X as well as petite and maternity. Get fast, free shipping and returns and professional cleaning and newly state-of-the-art laundering facility. No laundry for you to worry about. And always have the option to buy what you love for sometimes up to 75% off. Newly is a great value of $98 a month for any six styles, but right now you can get $20 off your first month of Newly when you sign up using the code Bachelor20. Just go to N-U-U-L-Y.com. That's Newly with two U's and enter the code Bachelor20 and sign up to get $20 off your first month. That's N-U-U-L-Y.com Newly with two U's with the code Bachelor20. Newly subscription clothing rental. Change your clothes. When you guys watch the show, do you have like, as far as like, you know, your relationship therapist, you know, you're dealing with couples. Do you see people on this show that you're like, I would love to dig into this relationship? Do you see it? Like, let's look at a person like Mar Mara. Mara uh, the season. Her big thing was, it seemed like I'm watching as just someone with an opinion on The Bachelor, okay? But when she started picking a fight with the youngest person in the house and then makes it about how they're not ready because of their age and I'm ready, and then when she gets knocked out this last episode, there's this whole speech of I'm going to find my person. It became pretty apparent to me. I don't know. I want to hear what you guys think about what her kind of journey on the show. But it became apparent to me, like, her biggest, you know, um... Her biggest, like, the thing that made her most self-conscious was, like, playing out in real time. But I don't know what you guys thought. I think the entire setup is is kind of there to bring out everyone's insecurities. Like, Interesting. I think it's almost impossible to go into a situation where there's pressure on you to be vulnerable from, like, mm -hmm. very early on. Vulnerable with this person who you only have a short period of time with. Um, on top of that, they are dating multiple other people. And and on top of that, everyone's watching it happen. <laughs> yeah. And you're, de you're dealing in relationships, which everyone says, everyone has their own story. Everyone has their own thing. And then they go, also, it's going to be a competition. <laughs> right, <laughs> like, right. And, that, yeah, so. and they very much play that out in like group dates, right? Where they're like, here's this competition, you guys. And they're like, oh, it's not about the game. But then in these group dates, they very much create these competitions mm -hmm. amongst them. Whoever mm. wins gets more time with him. And so there's a little bit of a conflict in the way in which it's presented, where they're saying this isn't about this is about the person and this isn't about the competition. However, it's set up in a lot of ways as a competition 
competition, right? He's giving out roses at the end. Yeah. If you do a good job, you're getting a rose. Um, yeah. And when it comes to Mara, Mara like Marinara, my favorite gal, because I love Jersey. Um, uh, like, here's the thing, right? I do think in that rose, Sarah went after her for her age. How might that feel? And the reality is, is, you know, as most normal people in your 30s, it's very normal to not be married and to not do these things. But totally. there, there is this thing in your, I think she was 32 or 33. There yeah, is 32, a thing, yeah. 32. There is a thing when you're turning 32 where it does feel like the clock is ticking, right? I mean, even if you're freezing your eggs, they're saying, do it early. Like there is just so much yeah. coming up. So to see the 23-year-olds, be the one that's chosen over you when you're sitting here. And she kept saying, oh, and she kept saying, oh, what is she doing in the night competition? I can cook, I can clean, and yeah. I'm good in bed, right? So yeah. she's really saying, I'm a wife, I'm a wife, I'm a wife. Right. Like, pick me. But that isn't actually showing anyone who you are. It's trying right. to be exactly what you think they want you to be. Mm. And I think a lot, a lot of what's playing out is just how people deal with their insecurities. Now, I want to ask you guys, we, we watch a date of people who are dating in couples therapy. Do you see that a lot? Is that something you've seen before? Like how, when is the time to go to couples therapy? When is it not the time? Do you, you know, do you sit with couples and go and they're dating and you're like, they should, this is a waste of money. They should just split up. Like, how does that all work? I, cause watching The Bachelor be on a couples therapy date before any promises have been made, it, it, to me, it's it seems a little backwards. Like I'd just be like, "Hey, we're not the match. Good luck." You know, like yeah. I. I <laughs> yeah. In what scenario would someone dating or in a relationship early on look to you guys? Like, what what would what, where do you see that? Well, so I feel like there's a few different things. So one of the things, yes, the majority of people coming into couples therapy are married. One mm. of the reasons for that is that we have research that indicates that people come into couples therapy seven years too late. So seven years. Seven years too late. Seven years. Long time, right? So, so they, this was like a, okay, they've mentioned it once. Maybe we should. That's ridiculous. A year goes by, huge fight. Then, you know, I, I can see how that happens. Yes, exactly. Right. And it's it the last ditch effort it's usually, the, oh, yeah. right? Like they're already out the door and yes. they're trying to go to couples therapy to save face. So I actually yeah. love the idea of couples therapy while dating and while engaged because what we see is the extreme end of waiting for so long. That being said, going to couples therapy when you're not even in a um, contracted relationship. So some people choose to not be monogamous, so I'm not going to use that word, but contracted. Like we've agreed on the terms here, whatever that looks like. That's a weird time to go, right? Mainly because you're like, what's Explain this for? Explain that. I, I, so. Right. Well, so, okay. So, so some people may say, unless you're in an exclusive relationship, it doesn't make sense to go. But some people mm. choose to be in non-monogamous relationships. So we Got can't it. actually judge it by that anymore. So when I say contracted, it means we both consent and understand the terms of this arrangement. Meaning we're okay. saying, oh, we're openly poly or openly like doing it this way. And we're actively making it work. We want it to work. And here's this thing that has come up. Now, when there's kids involved, when there's addiction involved, when there's other different things that are happening, um, caregiving of parents, you can see it happen sooner because someone's going mm -hmm. through a life stage transition and cycle, or they're trying to blend their families together. Like there's a lot of reasons that bring people in, but no, I mean, if this is, it's obviously weird as hell. Also, yeah. also, you know, we saw, I have to say, I love that The Bachelor's just bringing therapy into the equation and talking about it. However, 
uh, it, you know, couples therapy is also a journey. It's not something that just happens in one session. It's not something that happens uh, very quick. Like you go to one couples therapy session, you're like, okay, great. The relationship is fixed. We're perfect. Yeah. The idea that someone could go, one of these is mm, performing like goodbye, like in one session to just like, you know, kind of nail Sarah against the wall, so to speak. You know, it's just a little unfair. It does seem that way. Absolutely. Right. Like that's a, it's a pretty uh, quick judgment to make, I would say. Although, okay. To be fair, if Sarah came into my room and she was also talking about how much she loves therapy and thanking me for being there, I would mm. also be like, you got some shit, right? Like you're like being Something's way too. Here. Yeah. Something's so I do, on. I don't think I would say it in that first one, but you, it would I be would probably have mind. the same. Yes. Right. You would think about it and you would probably see them a few more times and at that that point you'd be like okay yeah this is what's going on i mean mm-hmm. if a couple came in they were like a month into dating and they were like i i the one way i could understand it they both got out of tough breakups and then they were like i don't want to go through that again let's get ahead of this would yeah. you is that something you like could uh, suggest to someone would you say like to a couple like hey you have no issues come on in and let's keep that you know like would you suggest that? So yeah. So one yeah. thing we would say is <laughs> yeah, that you're like that's, being, that's what people should be doing. Here's because here's here's the thing that comes up is that uh, being in a romantic relationship drudges up all of the shit that you have. It just does. It brings up all of your family of origin shit, and it it naturally comes out in your relationships. We always say we're more concerned when a couple says, "Oh, we never fight." Than mm. the couples who are fighting because at least they're communicating, and so even though it's loud, it, it, it is something. Right. You want silence, right? Yes, you want to fight fairly. However, um, it's just there's always going to be stuff that you bring into your relationship, and we think, you know, the more maintenance you're able to do, the more you're able to understand yourself and understand your partner the more you're gonna be able to navigate the challenges that are just naturally gonna come up as part of being in a relationship. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Welcome to the Snapple Market Auditory Experience. Close your eyes. Imagine you're walking into your neighborhood store. You make your way to the back and reach for your favorite Snapple flavor. You can't wait. You take a sip. Whoa, that's a lot of flavor. What flavor are you holding? Now, open your eyes and check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavorful Snapple near you. Now I want to move on to Clayton. Okay. Please. We're ready. Because I've made a lot of assumptions about his decision-making process. What is your professional opinion on how Clayton dates? Because I think that he's not an abnormal dude like he's pretty down the middle as far as dudes are concerned so <laughs> mm-hmm. if someone's dealing with someone who doesn't say a lot doesn't really you know like how would you talk about Clayton how, what are things that kind of you know you notice about Clayton from a kind of the, the the therapy angle one of the things that's so great <laughs> is that the preview for next week it's his dad saying you screwed the pooch 
Did you watch the previews for next week? It's his oh, dad. I thought it was with. He, I thought he's with the other parents. That I think that's his. I parents. thought it was his that's dad. That's his dad saying that to oh. him because it was like, oh, into the future. It was like a future episode. I guess like when he's it's saying like to he you. goes okay. to his parents and his dad's like they have every right to be mad at you. You screwed the pooch, right? And so I really love that. I think that that's amazing. Because in some ways, it's like, yeah, man. Like, he also, every time one of them says, well, I trust you, he gets, like, a total ego boost. Like, that's one of the things that, like, is, like, he always clings on to. Like, thank you so much for saying I trust you. But, like, none of them should trust him. Like, that's mm. not normal to right. trust someone you don't actually trust is built. Right? Like, why are you trusting this And, person? like, he's dating so many other people. How do you <laughs> trust him? Well, also, he's, yeah, well... He, he should say, I'm not to be trusted. <laughs> right, right. You know, I, I mean, but that's me speaking from a place yeah. that's easier than him. Like, it, it, um, but, you know, you're in a, a show that I guess, I guess, I guess if I was to play his, you know, if I was to be his defender, it would be like, I guess, you know, he has to be. Yeah, you trust me within the confines of the show. Right. Mm -hmm. But, you know, like you trust me to date three people at once. I wish that they would say that, like while they were having Be these so conversations <laughs> where they yeah, were like, like, I trust you within the confines of these show, of this show. <laughs> and when we get out of here, I'm going to have to rebuild that trust in a completely different way because I think it makes a lot of sense when they leave the show. They really have to build a different ki kind of relationship because mm -hmm. the relationship that they're building right now is based off of him dating a bunch of other people. People. It's based off of them going to these like luxurious places and like getting a lot of gifts and like constantly going on dates, which is yeah. in real life. And also not having kind of your friends and family around there to influence or to, you know, like a lot of people, they have a mother-in-law that they can't stand that affects their relationship, right? And like none of those things are part of their relationship within the show. And so when they get out, they have to rebuild a different type of relationship. So, so is the analysis all clean? Right. What's your analysis on Clayton? Yeah, so what do you something, think? something I've noticed is that he, uh, I think that he's grown throughout the show. And I'll tell you mm. what I think that he's grown You're into. You're so nice. I know. Oh, my God. So, but, but, uh, <laughs> and not, not in every way, but I think the one thing I have seen is he's trusting himself a little more than he was okay. at the beginning where, uh, you know, the thing that I, I liked was that he called Sarah out on the fake crying. I don't know if mm -hmm. that's something he would have done earlier in the show. It didn't seem like he would. I mean, he, right. he did with a lot of other, you know, Shanae, Shanae stuff. Yeah, she, <laughs> exactly. so, it, it, so it, it did feel like he grew. This episode felt like his win. This last episode, uh -huh. like right. uh, of, of all the, you know, I don't know how it goes the rest of the season. It doesn't seem well for him. Right. Not great. But this might be the, his one winning episode. We should give him the win. Right. And that's I wanted to give him this win because I don't you know, with the whole Shanae situation, once again, we don't know what the producers did to keep her on or like what was going on. We never know what's going on in the back end. Um, but never. I do see, you know, that looked like a difference to me that he kind of stood up and said, I don't believe you. I don't trust you. And he sent her home, which I yeah. thought was big mm. for him. Yeah. I mean, I look at him and I'm like, it does seem like he thinks with, you know, sex in mind. Like, and well, how do you like in a couple's therapy session, like how do you take that out of it? Because he's basically like him taking I thought it was a big move for him to send Teddy home. I thought that, in my personal opinion, I was like, good for him. He has heard her standard. He's heard what she's looking for. He made a mathematical equation of, I am looking for something different. He seems very attracted to Teddy mm -hmm. from day one. She got the, didn't, I think she got the first impression, yeah. Rose. So 
he actively went against his own sexual proclivity in that in that scenario. So you have to give him some credit. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, how do you, you know, he's making decisions with sex in mind. You can kind of tell. How do you deal with a couple where that's part on the table? Something we know, um, and obviously we're making a wide generalization here, but men tend to feel more emotionally connected when they're sexually connected, and women are the opposite. Mm. They tend to feel more sexually connected when they're already emotionally connected. And so the show is it's really- like, why are we even doing this at this <laughs> point? <You know? laughs> and, and so, you know, I wonder if that is a big part of it too, in terms of him needing to feel connected to these women through sex when it's off the table right now. Mm. And and him making decisions with that in mind for the future, like, right. and you can kind of feel that whole thing with Teddy. You watch him get that information, and he goes into back talk, you know, legalese. Well, he's like, "Well, you didn't just so you know, you don't look like a virgin." Right? I'm like, what, what was that? Like? Yeah, you don't hey. look like a virgin. Not exactly <laughs> no. um, a very tactful no. you know, way to go about it. He's I mean, like, "I'm he's, uncomfortable." He yeah, just, he has made a lot of statements where it doesn't seem like he's dated. I think that's that might be true. That might be true, right? And he's he has he makes a comment about like one other relationship he's had, but he doesn't talk a ton about. From high, I think he says from high school, right? From high he school, talks yes. about so like. I think, right, there's someone who went to college and then, you know, did NFL stuff or whatever. He got, what, five minutes on when he was on The Bachelor? Yeah, and I'm like, yeah, how much screen right. time did he really get? Um, so this isn't someone who has a ton of experience dating, but it was so interesting, his reaction to Teddy, which also gives us a little bit of insight about sometimes when men find out that women are virgins, they're like, I got to wife her, right? Because she's pure and now I can like put her on this little fucking pedestal because she's good or whatever, right? It's what we call like um, uh, the Madonna and the whore complex. And it was mm-hmm. interesting that he didn't do that. He was like totally taken back. He couldn't believe it. I thought it was interesting that she left it for so long. Mm. Right, because she right. in the first episode she's talking to her mom about it, and she says to her mom, sure. "Yeah, I would go to the fantasy room." Yeah, I and I, I like the way she handled it. I, I yeah. thought the way you know, like on the other podcast, on you up podcast, it's like people write in about like we have I have this problem, whatever this problem may be, and it's not even a problem. It's just I am this. How do I reveal this? Mm-hmm. And it's like you reveal it when you're ready, you yeah. know. And it's she seemed ready to reveal that and. You know, to say that revealing something means, you know, life is cause and effect. You know, so she, when when she got sent home and she goes, I have no idea what changed. It's like, okay, well, let's be. Let's look at that. Let's look at something changed. Yeah. So I I, I thought it was interesting to watch. What do you, you, is there something about Clayton that you like look at and you go, beware of this on a date, in a relationship sense? Because he's been. He's been, and I don't mean to be mean to him because he's gotten kind of hammered all season. People have really felt comfortable giving him shit. Yeah. But I, you know, but he is, to me, he's a relatable dude in, yeah. this, in this scenario. So I don't know about, I mean, the one thing you said um, that I wanted to touch on was that like when someone says to him that they trust him, that mm. he gets so much from that, mm-hmm. that there's something, there's something that can. How does uh, he show that? So, so he'll always point it out, right? So you'll watch it. So in this last episode, one of the things that he liked about, I think Rachel in the therapy session where she goes like, you know, I was feeling insecure, but I trust you to make the right decision. And he's mm-hmm. like, oh, I can't tell you what that means. And you trust me. Anytime like somebody uses the word trust with him, he has this like reaction to it, which I think is very interesting. 
and also yeah. like kind of weird, right? Like, and I don't know what that's about for him. And maybe he's been accused of of cheating in the past where he wasn't. Like, it might be a sort of part of like his own like past history that there's something about trust for him, or he didn't mm-hmm. have trust in his family growing up. I don't know, right? There could be a million things, but it's very interesting that he always stings onto it and then all of a sudden he embraces them closer as soon as they give this indication he is drawn towards them there's something about that he really likes so it could and it could lend itself to to a codependency in the relationship right that like him being close to the person or feeling good about himself in the relationship is how the other person feels right like if they feel they can trust him then automatically he feels closer to them to Mm -hmm. to them Mm. um as opposed to learning to trust for himself right it could be, well, that's a big part of it because it could be that he doesn't feel that he's adequate enough to be the bachelor. Right. You know, that could be like what it's it like called, giving it him a sense of to. giving him a sense of self-worth to to hear mm. that or to feel that. And that the problem is, is that when you when you when your self-worth relies on what someone else is giving to you or the recognition someone else is giving to you, then your self-worth is always out of your own hands. Well, and let's go back not to in the, your control. Let's go back to the first episode. The first episode where I can't even remember her name now, the girl who was supposed to be getting married on that day goes oh, up to his yeah. room yeah. And, yeah. He, right. and he took it as personal rejection. And he almost, he tried to give her a rose before knowing anything about her. This person is straight up saying, I'm not mentally well yeah. enough to be here. I have to leave. And he's like, well, let me give you a rose to stay. Right? Like, like, no, no, no. And, you should have said to her, thanks, get on out of here. If you stay because I gave that to you, then I'll feel good about myself. Right? So like it could, once again, I know we're like really diving into this, but like could lend itself to some codependency. And his insecurity. And his, his insecurity. So I think that that's oh. one thing we would Go ahead, please, look out please. for. Yeah. I mean, the, the, well then, uh, the whole season is about who is he intimate with at the end of the season? Because that's what they've made it about, not us. We mm-hmm. Every episode has led to this preview of at the end of the season, he is going to be intimate with multiple women and he's going to reveal this to them and it's going to crush their world. That's Yeah. And that probably plays into what you're talking. We could have seen that at the first, you know, with the woman who was engaged. Like he needed her to like him to feel good about liking her, you know, something yeah. like that. Yeah, I mean, and the girl was very, she straight up said, I thought I was okay to do this. I am not. I've been on the phone with people all day and I wanted to like come and talk to you, but like, I don't think I'm well to stay here. And in that moment, he should have said, thank you for your honesty. Please mm-hmm. go take care of yourself. But he took it as, and he said, I feel like I got rejected before I even started. So his fear of rejection is a huge thing, right? That girl was you, not well enough to stay. Yeah. She did the healthiest. She actually was the best yeah. demonstration. She was, she was the healthiest healthy. one and that's why she got yeah. out. <laughs> and then she he made her question it, which yeah. is, you know, and she's in a vulnerable spot that, of course, she's going to question. Yeah, that whole thing was uh, was wild. I, uh-huh. Do you think he's engaged by the end of this? Do you think because I do. Of, you do? You do. I don't know, just because why else are we watching the show if it doesn't happen, you know? <laughs> well, that's, about, that's Wait, your who? problem. I'm saying. That's my problem. 100%. Well, don't um, you think the codependency thing, like, does that make for someone that needs to win the show like yeah i think it would i think it yeah i think it would lend itself to someone also right like in a codependent relationship where both people are dependent on each other it's going to lend itself to this level of connection or saying we need to get engaged or we need to be together at the end of it but you know just historically in the bachelor or bachelorette you know that even if they Mm. end up engaged it doesn't necessarily mean that they're going to get married yeah, I'm just wondering where, you know, like it, 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 if he will do the get on the knee thing. Right. You, know, you, you don't seem to think so. What do you think? Yeah, what do you think? I want to know. Um, no, I think this is going to, I think it gets messier before anything else. I think 
I think it's going to end in a way that leads to a after the rose that's very important. I mean, I don't know how you recover from telling women, you know, the one thing he's also done throughout the season is he set himself up for a kind of failure too. Like where he tells these people that they're the one before they're the one. Right. And like he made promises to Rachel. He made promises to Sarah, kind of, to be like, you're going to go to the hometown. Like, she thought she was going to hometown. Right. Mm-hmm. Rachel thinks she's going to hometown you know, before she even got the hometown. So, mm-hmm. like, he gets ahead of himself. And this goes back to what you guys were talking about that I didn't even really notice. Is like, it's almost to get the feedback he wants. Validation he wants for himself. They're excited that to go to my hometown. He yeah. even said to Rachel, it was the weirdest thing. I'd never seen this on The Bachelor, where he says to her, Basically, like, I want to make sure you like me. It's his stuff. And you're like, yeah. His, yep. First and, and the thing is, he might have no idea that he's right? doing this. He, has, he might have no clue that this is even a thing. And I would hope for him that he would be able to watch himself back and be like, oh, shit. Like, you know, some of the feelings that I was having was more because of the feedback that I was getting from these women, not necessarily because I was rooted in how I felt in the relationship. Yeah, this is, uh, I mean, this is eye-opening. It's, you know, you must watch, it's it's interesting because you watch the show, everyone has their own angle. Like, I watch it from, a, as a guy. Like, as purely, mm-hmm. like a guy, single dude, how would I handle this in this scenario? You guys must be watching this being like, uh, don't sign up for that <laughs> it's one. Hard. That's it's a hard bad to, one. It is hard to turn it off. It really, like, fucks with our ability to watch reality TV, yeah. if I can be honest. And it makes it amazing at the same time. It makes time. it amazing, too. <laughs> I'm sure. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Who do you guys pick for the next Bachelorette before we get going? Uh, oh, I'm going to say Nets. Oof. I Susie. Maybe Susie or Serene. Oh, I hope it's Serene. I love Serene. Serene was great. I think Rachel's going to, if he does get down, I think Rachel's the one. You Oh, you think that he's going to propose to Rachel? Yeah. You, that's I, I don't think it's yeah. with Gabby. It seems like something happens with Gabby. No, No. I don't think so either. But I don't know. Susie keeps giving the one-on-ones, and she did the cool late-night date in the bell tower. So I think if if Susie doesn't get picked, I think it's going to be her. Well, that was such a... This goes back to what you guys are talking about, his validation. Susie's like, hey, uh, sends him this note, and he gets the reveal that it's her, and he reacts like he just scored a touchdown. Exactly. Why is this... It was like he was like, I don't I wasn't sure if she liked me too, so I'm pumped that she's saying she likes me. It was yeah. weird. He was yeah. freaking out. He was so worried it was, was something so bad. Happy. He was like, What's happening? He's so anxious. When he realized it was something good, like you could see it. He like literally goes, Woo! And like puts his arm up. Yeah. He has this huge reaction. <laughs> and you're like, Holy Celebrates. shit, this person is really insecure. He does I, not also, value how himself. does he not you know, like she's there. I think it's very, it's been very clear, even just as a viewer, that she has liked him separate from, you know, her going to see him uh, on a different occasion. And so it's very surprising just as a viewer that he's, he's not feeling that validation. Mm-hmm. It is surprising because especially when you're the bachelor, you're supposed to be this, they all want me. They're here because I am this 
catch of some sort, you know, mm-hmm. and he doesn't even believe it, you know, so. I know. He had wow. some work so, to do. And yeah. we talk about this in relationships, right? Sometimes you have some work to do before mm. you really enter into a healthy relationship. And you can do that within the context of a relationship. But it's, you know, when you become The Bachelor or you're on the show, it's like every single thing that you haven't dealt with gets highlighted. Hey. Yeah, this is uh, this is great insight. I, I, so you you guys both think Ray, uh, Susie or Serene is kind of the you said Serene. I said Serene. You think it's Susie? I think it's Susie. Su- uh, Susie reminds me too much of um, what's Hannah her Brown. Hannah Brown. Yeah. Mm. yeah, and so it just feels like it would be very similar. It'd be a, a, a okay. Repeat, good point. So okay, that's a good point. Yeah. I love Serene. I would I'd be so thrilled if right. it's Serene. Who do you think it's going to be? Um, I don't know. I I. I hope they make it Shanae just so we have the rest of the season. <laughs> that would be incredible. You know, like <laughs> I hope it's Shanae. Bring I mean, her I didn't... in. They bring her in and like, right. you know, like in the Hannibal Lecter mask <laughs> and she's just foaming and uh, that would be great. That would be the best, most entertaining season. I am here for that. Do you see Shanae's uh, TikToks with the no. shrimp? I have and I, I heard that she's really playing it up. Oh, God. Good for her. Yeah, you know, I got to get those 15 minutes, Power baby. Power Get it. Stretch it to 16. <laughs> yeah, Maybe why even not? 17 minutes. Right. Listen, this is so great. I want to thank you guys for coming on this thank episode and, and taking us inside the brain <laughs> of The Bachelor. Thrilled um, to I be want here. everyone to go check out uh, Shrink Chicks. Uh, what day of the week do you guys come out on? Monday. Monday mornings. So Monday mornings. And give me like, what do we talk about? I've been on an episode. So if someone's a listener here, they can go listen to my episode. Yes. It's like kind of like a aperitif towards the other episodes. It's something, an appetizer to get you involved and see what the flow of the show is. But what is the, you know, what's our bread and butter on the show? So we are all about making therapy and therapeutic topics more relatable and accessible. So that spans across so many different subjects. We talk about therapy. We talk about dating. We talk about relationships. We talk about anything. Uh, Sometimes we have Q&A episodes. So check it out if you have any interest. We also have a therapy practice. Um, If you are interested in therapy, we are uh, have the therapy group right behind us. The therapy group, and you guys do virtual stuff too, right? Do virtual vir- sessions. Yep, so in person in two different locations in Pennsylvania and then virtually in New York, uh, New Jersey, Delaware, Massachusetts, California. Florida, California. <laughs> love it, love it, love it, love it. So Jennifer Chaikin and Emily Beerley, thank you guys so much for coming on. Everyone go listen to Shrink Chicks. It's every Monday. Add it to your podcast. Uh, Rolodex, so to speak. I, I always say this. There's always a moment where you run out of the ones you listen to every you know, regularly, and then you're like, I need one, and then you, oh, there it is. So go yep. download Shrink Chicks, get involved. And uh, thank you guys for coming on. Thanks, Thanks for, having, for us. having us. Of course. The Bachelor Podcast is produced by Sean Kilby and Jorge Morales Pico. Editing by Sean Kilby. Social media by Chris Burns. Guest booking by Nicole Pellegrino. Be sure to follow at The Bachelor on Instagram and at BachelorPod on Twitter. And send us your emails to bachelor at betches.com. Betches.